what is up, everybody? And welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out the website, adzsports.com slash Dallas. We've got new articles up there every single day of the week, including one on Cole Beasley, actually, that I wrote today on his retirement. Uh, We'll share some thoughts on that front as well later on the show. As always, remember that primetime is brought to you by our friends over at Freeman Mazda. We will talk more about them and the right of the week and the stat of the week, which is the key on offense to beat the LA Rams. We'll talk about it later on the show. But before we do any of that, let's let's talk about the guy that, you know, defenses lose sleep over. As fans, we kind of lose sleep over it as well because I wanted to talk about, I want to talk about, of course, Cooper Cup, that wide receiver from the Rams. And I want to talk about how the heck do you stop this guy? And by the way, do me a favor and hit the like button because every like puts this show in front of more Cowboys fans. And that is the biggest thing that you can do to help the show out. So if you enjoy the content, make sure you smash that thumbs up. It takes about one second, two seconds if you don't know where the button is. Uh, It's right there. So go ahead and do that. I I, I really appreciate it. Let me know in the comments, who do you want on Cooper Cup on Sunday? Because I will tell you what, as I try to figure this out and, and as I sit in there watching some film, looking up for some stats, you realize that I'm not going to figure out how to stop Cooper Cup. NFL coaches have not figured it out. Because when you look at the numbers, man, Cooper Cup continues to be impressive after putting together a 2021 season for the ages. Right now, he has the number one target share in the entire NFL. 37th percent of the targets for the Rams go Cubs way 37 percent that's almost four out of 10 pass attempts from Matthew Stafford always looking for Cooper Cup right now he's on pace for 179 catches I don't know if that number is sustainable I would guess not the NFL record is 149 I don't think that he will just blow the record out of the water But Cooper Cup is that good. And he is a guy that, you know, teams will double. They will put safeties. They will bump and run him. They will do everything to Cooper Cup. Doesn't matter. That guy will make plays. And he will make clutch plays as well. Cooper Cup is legit. Uh, It's it's gotten to the point that, you know, when when you... Think about who's the number one wide receiver in the NFL. People think about, you know, Tyreek Hill. Well, not Tyreek Hill, but I think more than anything, Devontae Adams. Maybe A.J. Brown, potentially, if some people believe in the upside there. Some people keep it old school and say, you know what, Dander Hopkins, maybe he hasn't been available, but he's still the best at it. Cooper Cup. Deserves to be in that conversation. 
50%. So who do you want on Cooper Cup on Sunday? Floyd Wright says Trayvon Diggs. Gregory says Trayvon Diggs and backup. You definitely need backup for Cooper Cup. I agree there. Let's see. Ramsey's going to be on Lamb, says Joel Wilson. Gallup's going to have a game. Let's see. Rams, the stepping stones, the Eagles, says Mike Smith. I will tell you what. Trevon Diggs hasn't necessarily been the cornerback to travel from one place to another versus the number one wide receiver of the opposing team. He has done it, but I don't think he's been, you know, put on islands consistently. I don't think he's a traveling cornerback. Not a lot of them. Uh, in the NFL today, actually. Mostly, they will just stick to one side of the field, which is perfectly fine. But I don't know, man. Uh, Cooper Cup will play about 50% of the snaps in the slot. He will play 50% out wide. That's at least how he has done it this year so far, four weeks into the season. But I think you kind of need to get your best player on him, right? So I would say that is Trevon Diggs. I think that would be my answer. But I will tell you what. More than that, I think this is the perfect game for Big Nickel, Big Dime. I think this is the game for the Cow. Uh, this is the perfect game for Dallas to keep three safeties on the field consistently. Jaron Kears might be back. He was a full participant in practice on Wednesday. So all of the sudden especially with Jordan Lewis dealing with an injury, your best group of defensive backs might be might include Malik Hooker, Donovan Wilson, who's been killing it, and we talked about it earlier in the week, and Jaron Kears. I think you need to keep those three on the field as much as you can, especially because with a player like Cup, you need to be on point when it comes to tackling in the open field. Because he will make some damage. You definitely need backup for Trevon Dix if he does travel with Cooper Cup on this game. But I think that the Cowboys should keep three safeties on the field at all times. As much as you can. You're definitely not going to go for an entire game with three safeties in there. But Jaron Kears will provide huge help. Donovan Wilson has been playing on another level. And fortunately... The Cowboys don't seem to need blitz. They don't need the blitz to pressure quarterbacks. So that's a huge help. You can get as much as many players as you can on, in coverage and try to help out. Here's a good part. If you fo focus your efforts on stopping Cooper Cup, who seemingly cannot be stopped, but at least you can slow him down a little bit. I don't think that the Rams have a lot of other answers right now. Van Jefferson... Uh, Tyler Higby. Tyler Higby, the tight end, is actually their number two most targeted player. He has 85 targets. This number is crazy, man. He has... This is from last year. Tyler Higby had 85 targets to Cooper Cup's 191 targets. Right now, Cooper Cup has 54 targets and Tyler Higby has 38. The number three player on that team... I think that's 18 for for Robert, uh, not not Robert Woods for uh, forgot the name. Uh, Allen Robinson is not having it the season that we expected out of him. 
out there in LA. Cooper Cup is the one and only for that Rams offense. But when we talk about the best shot for the Cowboys to stop Cooper Cup, we have the whole conversation wrong. We're talking about Trevon Diggs. We're talking about Jaron Kears, Donovan Wilson. We shouldn't be talking about the, the, the secondary. We really shouldn't be. It's about pressuring Matthew Stafford. How about this number from Football Outsiders? And this could also be the stat of the week because it's such a crazy stat. In 2021, the LA Rams targeted Cooper Cup 191 times. Only three of those targets came under pressure. At least last year, going with the bigger sample size here, when Matthew Stafford is pressured, he doesn't look for Cooper Cup. And maybe that has to do with the routes that Cooper Cup runs. Maybe those pressure answers in the Rams offense have to do with other players. But the point is, he doesn't target Cooper Cup. He is not his go-to answer when he needs to extend plays. In broken plays, he only targeted Cooper Cup three times in 2021. And you look at the numbers of that team and Football Outsiders in that article, which is worth the read, and it breaks down some routes for Cooper Cup and all of that. If you guys want to Google that later, they the, the, the writer points out that Robert Woods, Van Jefferson, and I think OBJ had three targets as well in such plays. They played nine games only for the 2021 Rams or less, nine games or less. And, you know, the Rams have the 32nd pass blocking unit in the NFL, according to Pro Football Focus's grades. They've allowed a lot of pressures so far this season. They're playing hurt. They're moving the pieces around on that offensive line. The Cowboys' defensive front is likely to eat versus the Rams. Listen, I'm not going to make a pick yet. Uh, that will come tomorrow. My score prediction, my betting the Cowboys segment, which, by the way, we are 4-0 in the season. I'm getting nervous and nervous uh, just thinking about losing the undefeated mark on betting the Cowboys. But we are off to a great start there. But, man, uh, the Cowboys can win this game. This is a winnable game, and that is the reason why. Dallas will be able to get some pressure in against one of the teams that has allowed the most pressures. And make no mistake about it, this is not uh, Matthew Stafford pressuring himself, putting himself in uncomfortable situations. No, this is the Rams offensive line getting beat consistently. And I've always been uh, analytics, kind of a, I love analytics. I love bringing advanced stats to the whole uh, conversation. But I'm old school in thinking that the team that dominates the trenches is a is a is a team that dominates the game. Dallas Dallas might dominate this game in the, in the trenches because also, and I know we're not talking about that. We might deep uh, we might make a deep dive on this tomorrow night. I don't know. I I know we're scared about Aaron Donald. I am too. I I love Aaron Donald, 
Not when he's playing against the Cowboys. But they're one of the teams that has generated the least quarterback pressure. So there's that as well. Dallas could win this game in the trenches. There you go. When it comes to stopping Cooper Rush, their best shot is Michael Parsons. It's the Marcus Lawrence. And I know that's kind of a, you know, cheating answer. But it's the right one. I will tell you that. Let me see some of your thoughts here in the comments. Let me dive into the chat. Let's see. Uh, Peter Riso says Rams offensive line has given up 64 pressures in four games. It's crazy, man. And they got, they've got a third string center playing. Uh, actually, I didn't catch the Rams injury report for Wednesday. I do need to check that one out to see what the projected lineup is for them. But they have a non-drafted free agent in there as well. A backup left guard. It's It's not looking good for that unit. And as I said, it's not a schematic problem for the Rams like it is, for example, for the Commanders. At, at one point in that game, there were six versus three in pass pro. And somehow, Michael Parsons ended up one-on-one -on -one with the tight end. And then D-Law ended up one-on-one -on -one versus the right tackle. <laughs> and, and you've got, and you had pretty much four offensive linemen blocking one guy on the inside. It was just ridiculous from the Commanders. That's not the case necessarily for the Rams. They're just getting beat talent-wise. And if you've got the same center playing again on Sunday as they had on, on Monday night, Matthew Stafford is going to have to handle the protections. Uh, he's going to have to communicate a lot with the offensive line. And that's just asking more from the quarterback, which is not ideal when he's getting pressured every single time. Let's see. Mm. Tony Simmons is copycat league. Repeat the feed shutdown, Cooper Cup, and smash Stafford. Teams got to prove it week in and week out, says William. Keep them under 14 points and we will and we will win, says Very Fish. Well, that's it. That's a tall task, though. 14 points. That's a tall task. Uh, it's difficult to figure out who the Rams are offensively, by the way. Uh, in a lot of statistics. They rank below the Cowboys, which has been a big surprise for me. Yards per play, for example, the Cowboys are 20th in the NFL. The Rams are 31st. Yards per attempt, the Cowboys are 25th in the league. The Rams are 30th. Yard, uh, no, excuse me, that's yards per carry, actually. Yards per attempt, the Rams are two spots above the Cowboys, 21 versus 23. Red zone scoring, the Cowboys are 19th, the Rams are 26th, but they do move the change at an average kind of rate. They are 14th, and I do think, spoiler alert, that the secret to this game, and, you know, it's easier said than done, obviously, don't get two scores behind the scoreboard. Uh, I, I think that the Cowboys are not built to handle that. I think that would be pretty much ball game for the Cowboys on Sunday if that does happen. We'll we'll get into why in a few moments here on the show. What's up, Tommy915? Thank you for joining the show. By the way, for those of you who are enjoying the show, do me a favor, hit the like button, share the stream. If you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, let your friends know about Prime Time, the biggest thing that you can do to help out the show is smashing 
that thumbs up. Let's see. Russell says it's no different than playing the Bengals. If Dallas can score a few touchdowns, they've got a shot for sure. Jose Vela says Kellen and Mike's lemonade are tasty. Pretty good. I don't know about that Jones tea, though, Tom Downey says. Uh, I don't know if I missed some context in there. William says, I've been a fan 20 plus years, I guess. How many times have I heard this team ain't running the ball well? And then they play us and get 400 on the ground. It happens. It has happened. Now, this is a step up in competition. Be ready for that. I know that the stats are bleak for the LA Rams, but there's turnovers involved. Uh, they're not as bad as it looks, maybe. Uh, for example, on Monday night, they had three trips to the red zone. They weren't able to convert, but they're getting there, right? And that always matters when you look at games. And instead of looking at the generic box score of the game, you really need to dive into what's going on with the Rams. And the thing is, that offensive line is really hurt, which is why I believe the Cowboys do have a legit shot at winning this. Uh, Joel says you cannot underestimate the champs, and I 100 agree, 100 agree with that. I will tell you, this game kind of gives me. I agree with Russell's comment from earlier. This game kind of gives me those Bengals vibes, in which I don't think Cowboys Nation believed the Cowboys had a shot versus Joe Voro until they saw it happen on Sunday, and I we actually had a show that week on why the Cowboys were going to keep it close. I didn't call the Cowboys win. I just said, that, you know, that's going to be a pretty close game because of the Cowboys pass rush. And since then, I've only grown more confident in the Cowboys pass rush. So, damn, they do have a shot at, at winning that game. I do think that. I do think that. But anyways, let's move on. Let's move on and talk about the stat of the week. Because as every Wednesday... We have the Freeman Mazda stat of the week lined up for you guys. So we're going to flip the script a little bit here. We're going to go on the offensive side of things. And this stat is actually more or less what could be the key to winning the game from the offensive point of view, right? So here we go. The Freeman Mazda stat of the week. Man, you guys know that the Cowboys have been lights out when it comes to the play action. They really have nailed that part of their offense, led by Cooper Rush. But man, as, as I keep finding some stats on Cooper Rush out of the play action, I get more and more excited because this guy is pushing the ball down the field. He's got a 12.6 average depth of target in play action. That is good for number four in the NFL. And when you dive deeper into the numbers, you find even cooler stuff. He's got the number one PFF passing grade out of play action. He's completing 70% of his passes out of play action. And that also has to do with the scheming from the Cowboys. They've nailed that. And guess what? And this is the best part. That matches up pretty well versus the Rams. You might be surprised to find out that the Rams have the second worst defense in EPA per play 
versus the play action. And that's not because they give up big plays or anything like that. They consistently get beat versus the play fakes. They're the worst team in success rate, actually. They've allowed 11 yards per attempt. The Cowboys are averaging the seventh most yards per attempt out of the play fakes. So I know that I am actually throwing a lot of stats at you right now. But the point of stat of the week presented to you by Freeman Mazda right now is that Dallas will be able to push the ball down the field versus the Rams. Here's the thing, though. What happens if L.A. is able to drive up the scoreboard a little bit early in the game? Will play action be as effective or not? That is, to me, one of the biggest questions going into game day. And that will be one of the keys to the game. Keep it close so you can use play action. Bob Stern from The Athletic made a fantastic job breaking this down as well in his morning column. And he had this whole analysis as to how the Cowboys are taking those deep shots in first down. That is worth the read as well. I do recommend that a lot. So there you go. Uh, one question for you, actually, as we continue to talk about the Freeman Mazda stat of the week. What is your grade? Great Cooper Rush's play action, true start, uh, play action game, true three starts in the NFL. And while you give me that answer, let me talk to you about our friends over at FreemanMazda.net because the ride of the week is the 2023 Mazda CX-5 2.5S. This one starts at $28,570. It's got all-wheel drive, Apple CarPlay slash Android Auto, the unique and pretty helpful feature of the Wi-Fi hotspot, adaptive cruise control, and a miles per gallon capacity of 24 in the city. That goes up to 30 when you are in the highway. So let's get into your comments here after the Freeman Mazda stat of the week. B for Tommy. That is Cooper Rush's play action game grade crew three starts. B plus for 7-Eleven. B plus for Gregory. Joel with the B plus. A minus for Timothy Harrison. Six to midnight with the A. C plus for Holly saying he missed quite a few good reads. A for Floyd, A minus for Barry. There you go. Positive, positive grades for our guy, Cooper, uh, Cooper Rush, who has been killing it out of the play action. I will give him a solid B plus as well. Uh, I think that Kellen Moore, Mike McCarthy do deserve a lot of credit for making that happen as well. I know we're not used to giving the Cowboys coaching staff some credit, but here they do deserve it. We cannot just ignore the good stuff and, you know, hammer down in the, in the bad stuff. This coaching staff has done a very good job getting these wins. The Cowboys were not supposed to be 3-1. and one. I will tell you that. They were not supposed to, to be at this spot. I don't know what will happen on Sunday. I do know that we should already be pretty content with what happened without Dak Prescott. If we're being objective, I know that we want this to become a reality versus top teams. We want them to uh, compete in the playoffs and all of that. But for now, 
Let's look objectively at what has happened over the last few weeks. Been pretty good stuff. Pretty good stuff. 7-Eleven says if he hit the ball better, it would be an A. And man, Cowboys Nation is used to watching some quality play fix from Dak Prescott. He is a robot, as Nate Ties from The Athletic calls him, with, with those play fix. Dak is. Dak is insane with the play action. He's not lazy there. He's not lazy. Joel Wilson says, Rams are mad, though. They're going to be ready, so we need to be too. Shout out to Mike on the Facebook chat. The offense has been simplified for Cooper, says Timothy. It has been simplified, but then at the same time, I love that they've been finding the perfect the perfect balance, you know? Because they're, they're limiting the offense, clearly. But they're also not holding Cooper Rush down. And a perfect example is actually the, the plays that we were just talking about. The fact that they're taking those deep shots on first down, you know? Not any team would trust their backup quarterback to do so, I believe. From what we have seen from a lot of NFL teams, they don't. <laughs> Toxic Tom, nah, man, it, it actually wasn't. He says, why do I feel like that be objective comment was towards me? And nah, I wasn't all good, Toxic Tom. <laughs> Tommy says, if you have to ask it, it probably is. <laughs> there you go. Carl says, let's be real. If they keep this game plan, we're going to tear people up when Dak Prescott returns. Yeah, they're going to have to crank it up a little bit, of course. You're, you're going to have to open the playbook a little bit. But they're going to have to find that a balance. Uh, do not ask Prescott to put on a, a cape and go be a superhero every single play. That's not going to yield as... Good results as, as if you find that a balance in, in making life simpler for the Cowboys quarterback. But anyways, before we get out of here, ladies and gentlemen, let's talk about Cole Beasley. Let, let's, let's share some feelings. Let me know in the comments, how do you feel about a Cole Beasley retiring? And what is your favorite Cole Beasley moment ever? Let me know. Or maybe you don't care a lot about Cole Beasley retiring, but I'm going to tell you what I do. That one... That one hit me hard a little bit. Uh, Cole Beasley was always one of my favorite Cowboys. And it came out of nowhere. The retirement came out of nowhere. He had just signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I would interpret this as Cole Beasley just realizing that he was done playing football, that he didn't have it in him anymore, or maybe just had to do with the box getting healthier at wide receiver, them telling him that he would have no role with the offense anymore. And maybe he just saying, I didn't sign up for this. I don't know. I don't know what the circumstances around Cole's Beasley, Cole Beasley's retirement are, but I will tell you what. I wrote an article for adcsports.com slash Dallas. And I invite you to read it when the show is over on adcsports.com. On, on Beasley's retirement. And the whole idea behind it is the fact that Cole Beasley retired from a career that never should have happened. He was not always, he was not only the eternal underdog, but man, it was so close to not happening a lot of times. 
as a high school recruit, Cole Beasley had two stars next to his name. Only two stars. He received only two offers to play Division I college football, SMU and Air Force. And then you had, you had him be a quarterback in high school, turn him into a wide receiver when he got to college. And he got a pretty nice career on SMU. He, he, left, he left that college and still is the number three player with the most catches in, in school history for SMU. He got to the Cowboys as an undrafted free agent. He left the Cowboys training camp as a rookie because he had a lot of stuff going on in his life off the field. And he decided, you know what? Families first. I'm going to leave the Cowboys training camp. You're not supposed to make it into the NFL when you are 5'8". You're not supposed to make it into the NFL if you were a two-star recruit out of high school. You're not supposed to make it into the league if you leave training camp as an undrafted rookie. That doesn't happen, but it did for Cole Beasley. And it's pretty crazy that that is the case. He retired with over 3,000 yards for the Cowboys, and then he added another over 2,000 elsewhere with Buffalo primarily. You know, he just played two games with the Tampa Bay Bucs, so not a lot there. But Beasley's retirement uh, is kind of hard to think about without also thinking that that career never should have happened in the first place. It was an impossible career, and he nailed it. And I'm pretty excited about, you know, remembering a little bit in his, about his career. He almost quit football as a rookie, says Toxic Tom. The Cowboys tried to talk him out of it, and he still left training camp. And then his dad talked to him. He convinced him to go back. And what do you know? His name was on that 53-man roster. He was no longer a preseason cowboy. He, he earned the star. That's crazy. I, 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 as I remember that story, I, I can't believe that a career happened. So let's see. What was your favorite Cole Beasley moment? Floyd says, Beasley has made some ridiculous catches. Too many to remember, I think. He had the one that, hey, Holly, I like where, you were, uh, where your brain's going. He Got to be the catch in the back of the end zone from Dak. That was a crazy play. Crazy pass from Dak. Crazy catch from Cole Beasley. There was the one that, you know, behind his back. <laughs> Toxic Tom says, you know that Mo hasn't seen Dallas do much when Cole Beasley is a favorite player for a fan. <laughs> but I will tell you what, though. I'm a sucker for underdog stories. And I'm somewhat of a, as Skywalker still calls it, Short man committee as well. I'm probably shorter than Sky. The one year that I played high school football, there was this guy, this veteran, that called me Biz. Uh, he said, you know what? You're going to be Bizly. Man, you have no idea how huge I felt. <laughs> Shout out to Wedo if he's watching for some reason. Favorite was, says Barry, when he caught it behind his back, one-handed, that play from the, I think it was a 2014 season in which the helmet kind of pops off and Cole Beasley pulls it back down and then goes on to score a touchdown. That happened versus the Colts. I'm 
Pretty sure that happened in 2014. Joey Bella says, I don't actually remember exactly Mauricio, but he was my clutch favorite. I only own his jersey and Parsons now. That is crazy. Number 11, two number 11 jerseys. And by the way, Beasley retires after 11 seasons in the NFL. And it's little things like that that, that I think are, are poetic in football. Tommy says, most started his rap career after that comment. <laughs> Man, I know... 80 stinks by heart. That that should tell you everything. I sh that, that should tell you everything. I'm also a rap fan, so that would make sense, I guess. But I, I love just blasting 80 stinks on game day and getting excited for the game. And I know, I know, I do see... <laughs> Barry Fish, what is that? Uh, <laughs> I know... Toxic Tom, he says, I remember how Beasley left and talked, you know, smack on Dallas. I know. I know that happened. I know that it wasn't ideal. But I'm not going to hold that against the guy. I mean, the Cowboys decided not to pay Cole Beasley. Let's keep that in mind. Not saying that that justifies saying all that he said about the Cowboys. Uh, he kept it real, honestly, on social media. You know, fans talked to him and he responded. And you know, the way that some fans act on social media, tagging players, criticizing them for not putting up points for their fantasy football team. You know, if one of those players responds, I'm here for it. It's like when Cowboys fans got angry because Randy Gregory called this a toxic fan base. When you had player, when you had fans in his mentions talking about him being an addict, talking about him being a troublemaker, somebody that wasn't going to make it elsewhere without the quote-unquote unrelenting support from the Jones, like if the Jones didn't have their own interests, right? Like if it like addiction wasn't a disease. So, you know, an, an illness. I, I think that when, when Cowboys remember Cole Beasley talking smack on social media, they don't think about it from that perspective. They don't think about it from the perspective of all of this stuff that they get on their mentions, that they listen to. It sucks. I, I would I would assume that it sucks. There you go. Barry Fish says, look up the stats. I think that he had 74 out of 77 completions or something crazy like that. Should have never left. <laughs> Helen Williams says, love Cole Beasley. I do too, man. I, I thought that that was a a retirement that hit home to me. So in short, thank you to, miss, to Mr. Beasley. Thank you to number 11. You know, I'm always seen his feelings as Parsons 7-Eleven. Yeah, a little bit. Wanted to have this segment with you. <laughs> there you go, ladies and gentlemen. That will do it for today's ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. You can check this show out every Sunday through Thursday night. 
8 p.m. Central, do me a favor and hit the like button, share the stream, and if you want to read my thoughts, and I'm not going to lie, I enjoyed writing that article a lot. You can check that out on abcsports.com. Cole Beasley retires from a career that never should have happened. You can check that out over there. Primetime, as always, was brought to you by our friends over at Freeman Mazda. I will see you guys tomorrow night with betting the Cowboys, with the score prediction, and maybe some matchups, maybe some X factors for the game. I think it's going to be a fun, fun show because that's going to be a fun game. Thank you to everyone in the chat. Holly, Gregory, Joey, Bella, Timothy, Carlton as well. Carl Whittington, excuse me. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the show. And I will see you tomorrow. Adios. Buen miércoles para todos. Nos vemos.